it's just so awesome to hear the stories. We get, Christy and I get a chance to hear some of the life change that goes on at Oasis Church all below the surface. Sometimes you don't get to hear all the stories, but it's just so amazing to hear the life change that takes place. That's why I just want to encourage you, don't give up the habit of meeting together. Don't give up the habit of coming to church and doing the mingle and encouraging one another, sharing your journey, sharing your ups and downs and being, being vulnerable to a point where other people can encourage you and you can encourage them. That's how the church grows. And, you know, you don't realize, many of you, if you've been here for a while, you've noticed a change in your life because transformation takes place week by week, day by day, slowly, slowly. But when you look back over time, you go, oh, my goodness, I used to be like that, and now I'm like this. Because the Holy Spirit is doing a work in your life, and He's bringing transformation. So I want to encourage you, keep at it, keep meeting together, keep encouraging one another. Well, look, it's my job today to... Um, to talk through the second part of our community series. Last week, Beck did an amazing job about bringing in. Um, so good. And this week, my job is to talk about going out, going out. So um, let's dive in real quick. Hey, just a quick heads up. Today, I feel like what God is doing is that He's just shaking a tree a little bit. And it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know, when you shake the tree, the fruit falls out. That's how you get the fruit out. You shake the olive tree and all the olives fall out into the ground and then you collect them. So God's shaking the tree today. So why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, God's shaking your tree. And you can turn to the other person on the other side, your second choice, say, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real comfort to know that even though you go through challenges, that it's going to be okay. God is here with us and he's leading us and it's going to be okay. All right, let's have a look at our text for today. It's in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It's called the Great Commission. Jesus said this. He goes, He came to them and He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. You say, therefore, go. Go. It's the simplest uh, instruction you could ever possibly have. To go. It's one word. Two letters, one syllable, go. You can't get that wrong. There's no Chinese whispers that can get go mistaken for anything else. Jesus said, go. We got to go. We got to go. And he goes on. He goes, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. That's his way of saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So this was Jesus' last moment on the earth before he goes up to be with God in heaven. The last things that he had to say, you know, it's the, those moments, you know, where you say, you know, that in the movies where they're going to part ways and they say, I guess this is it. Well, this is, I guess this is it moment. Except Jesus gave very clear instructions to us as to what we need to be doing. In fact, he sandwiched it together so kindly for us. He gave us the good news and the bad news and the good news together as a sandwich. So he didn't feel too bad. He said, the good news is this. I'm alive. I'm alive. And they're like, oh, so, so relieved. I thought you were dead. Like, yeah, I was dead. But I'm alive. I'm alive. But there's bad news. The bad news is that I've got to go. Boo, sad, bad news. 
But there's good news again. This is the kicker. I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit, and He's going to equip you and give you everything that you need to get the job done. This great commission that I've given to you, which is so important for us, the great commission. It's a mission that we do together with the Holy Spirit. This is the great commission. We need to understand, too, that this great commission that God has given to us, this go, is a non-negotiable part of Christianity. Christianity, like the going part of Christianity, is not like an optional extra where we choose to have it or to not have it. We can't say, oh, I really love Jesus, and I love Bethel. The worship just touches my heart. Oh, it's such a blessing to me. But I'm not really uh, into that sort of going business. I'm not so much of a going sort of a person. I'm more of a staying in sort of a person. I don't know if I can, can I do it like I'm just, I could just wear my jammies and sit on the couch and drink some nice warm cocoa. And I feel like my cat really needs to hear the gospel. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm making some connections with the cat. I'm reaching out and it's reaching out to me. Let's face it, your cat is not going to get saved, ever. Your cat is not, your cat has demons. It's a legion. We've got to go out. It's not an optional extra for us. It's actually part, an integral part of who we are as Christians. So that begs the question then, how do we do the going out? You know, when I hear that story about going out, uh, I've got to be honest with you, I get a little bit nervous. I hope God doesn't send me to outer Mongolia. I hope God doesn't send me to some far-flung place on the earth where I've got to translate a, a dialect and so reach out to one small village and give my whole life away to that. I don't know about you. Am I the only one who thinks like that? I, I get quite nervous about that, that thought that God's going to make me go somewhere that I don't want to go. But this is the good news, guys. God is not like that. And, and sure, there are people who feel the Holy Spirit calling them to go and serve those people and serve those unknown, those unreached people groups. Um, but that's not for everybody. But God has a calling for you. He's got a calling for you in your context, in your world, in the world that you live, in the way that you live. God has something for you to do. Because you might say, well, look, I've got a full-time job. I work 40 hours a week and I'm tired at the end of a, of a hard day. And I've got, a, I've got responsibilities. I've got to look after my family. I've got to provide for them. How does this context work for me? You might say, look, I'm a mum right now and I've got little kids to look after. They've got, got to take them to school. We've got homework duties after school. And I've got meals to cook. I've got all these things that I've got to do. You might say, I'm a, I'm a grandparent now and I've got grandchildren that I need to spoil. They need lollies every time I see them. And so we think to ourselves, how can that going context work for me well i'm glad that you asked because there are three things that i want to share with you today very practical things that we can all do that are going to help to us to fulfill that great commission that god has called for us to do like i said that you can't shirk this one this is a this is the core fundamental part of our christianity okay you ready for these three things it's going to be dead simple dead simple first one is this we can go through our everyday life, everyday life. How, how, we don't even realize, we don't think of Australia as being a mission field, but it actually is. Most people in Australia don't go to church. 30% of Australians go to church regularly. I would say 
over 60% of Australians would say that there is some kind of higher power, there's some kind of higher being, but they don't make the connection. They don't think that Jesus is the answer to that. They don't identify Jesus as being that higher power. And they see that church is maybe an irrelevant institution that's out of touch with what they're going through. But they couldn't be further from the truth. You know, you go into your workplace and you're probably hearing stories about your colleagues suffering with things like anxiety, depression, relationship difficulties, they're, they're going financial difficulties. They're going through all the same problems that we know as Christians that Jesus can solve. We know that 100%. And that, my friends, is your mission field, your workplace, the people that you work alongside. And you, to be honest, you probably spend more hours a day with your work colleagues than you even do with your own family if you're in the workforce right now. This is your mission field. If you're a mum and you're doing school runs right now and, and you've, you're interacting with other mothers, that's your mission field. They're, they've got the same level of need as everybody else. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. We've just got to understand that everybody needs the love of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying to you that you have to go and convert people. Don't get that stuck in your head. Oh, gee, I've got to tell them the four spiritual laws or whatever it is. You've just got to love people. That's all that's required. Love. Just love people. Just reach out and love people. And don't be afraid of playing the long game. Do relationship with people over a long period of time. You'll be amazed at the fruit that can come out of that. Just unconditional love, being there for people when they need it most, playing the long game. God said to me once uh, when I was at work and I just had an amazing conversation with somebody, I felt the Holy Spirit whis whisper this. He said, sometimes you get a chance to pass the people in the church and sometimes you get the chance to pass the people outside the church. It's exactly the same for all of you guys. You know, church is not, I mean, our ministry is not just all about within these four walls. Our ministry is about wherever we are, whenever we are. And let's get about doing the work that God has called us to do in our own context. Okay, here's point number two. You ready? The second thing that we can do, um, we're just at Oasis Church because we believe in this so much. We know that, that this is the core of our Christianity. We do this thing, it's called Serve Week. Every single year. And as each year goes by, Beck, we're getting better at it, aren't we? We're getting more organized and we're getting more people involved and it's, we're just getting some momentum going. But we want to encourage this for every single person who comes to Oasis Church. We don't want to say it's for the hardcore Christians, for those who really want brownie points. No, we want it to be for everybody. Every single person at Oasis Church can be involved in Serve Week and you can do it through your small groups. You can sign up uh, on a website. Beck showed you all the all the activities that are going on. And for one week a year, it's only one week, where we do something practical for people who are not asking. You know, good thoughts really don't cut it. For the person who needs love, a good thought, they don't know that, that you're thinking good thoughts about them. They've got no comprehension that, you, that you're praying for them or that you love them. But if you do something practical for them, if you demonstrate what that love can look like, can change them forever. It opens up doors that you never imagined were possible. It opens up relationship like you never thought was possible. You know, Jesus showed us, he demonstrated to us what practical love needs to look like, what loving our neighbor look, needs to look like. And he gave us the story of the Good Samaritan. And there were people who walked on by that guy, but the Good Samaritan was the one who actually did something practical for that person. And this is our chance at Serve Week to do something practical. 
So I want to encourage every single person. It's not hard. We're not going to ask you to go and knock on people's doors and, and share Jesus Christ with them. That might be a little bit too confronting for a lot of people. But do it together in a team. Do it in your small group. Join on with what some of the other activities that are going on. You find it such a blessing to you as well as the person that you're serving. So I want to encourage you, get on board with Serve Week 2020. It's going to be amazing. Okay, point number three is this. You can use your money to go for you. You can put your money to work. And this type of sending your money out is going to have eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. So I've just been on this trip to Thailand, as many of you know. And it was an extraordinary journey. I've, I've got a few, a few like a, a snippet of what I, what I experienced I'll share with you today. But it was a big journey. It took a long time. It was 12 hours of flying and transit time. Then we hopped on the back of a bus and we bumped along the road for six or eight hours. And that was fun. Um, and then we got out and then we, we got into the back of a ute and we traveled along a dirt track. And then we got out and then we walked down a dirt track and we finally arrived at somebody's house in some remote village, and I think we've got a map. Um, there we are. That's, that was a, uh, what do you call it, screenshot that I took on my phone. And it's up there, northern Thailand, on the border of Myanmar. Um, and it's, it's the middle of nowhere. It's absolutely the middle of nowhere. And it was amazing for me to see. It was literally amazing for me to see and to walk around and to see the need. But that, that was an expensive trip. That cost a lot of money for me to get there. Um, it was a week of my time. And to be honest, when I was there, it was great to see all, all the things that Compassion was doing and the local churches were involved in. So inspiring. But at the same time, I felt so helpless. And I was walking around thinking, what, what difference can I make? What difference can I make? I'm walking around feeling so helpless, seeing all of these needs. Where do I even begin? And this is the good news. I don't have to go. You don't have to go. You could put your money to work for you to partner with an organization that's already doing the work, that's already got feet on the ground, that's already got infrastructure, that's already partnered with the local churches there and just do, doing an absolutely extraordinary job at transforming children's lives from the ground up, literally from newborn children all the way up now to the age of 20 and beyond. The, the, the difference that we can make with a, a small amount of excess money, I think it's $48 a month, that you can transform a child's life you know, not just, to, not just for the sake of giving them an education. That's just the very beginning of it. But they're introduced to Jesus Christ. And 80% of these children come to faith because of the Compassion Program. So many of them go on to tertiary education and, and have careers that they never would have dreamed that were possible without that um, Compassion Program. So we can use our money, and it's just a small amount of money. And one day, you may never get to, ch to meet this child which will become an adult, one day you will meet them face to face in heaven and you will meet their families who got saved and their communities that got transformed and they will thank you from the bottom of their heart for your contribution. That's powerful. I'm not being silly about this. That this is eternal. We have the chance to do something that has eternal consequences. I really want to encourage you. Now, I'm going to, uh, like I said, I had so many stories, but I w just want to share you one story uh, real, real quick um, about a little child that we got to visit. So every church that we visited, they take us off and they split us into smaller groups and we go and visit a local home in a village 
and we get to meet one of these compassion children and just interact with them and their parents and see what life was actually like for them. For many of them, they live in a very simple type, type dwelling. They don't have water running to the house. Many of them, they would have to carry you know, containers to, to find a water source. Sometimes it's a dirty creek. Sometimes it's a river. Sometimes it's a, a pump, which may or may not be working. They don't have electricity, many of them, in their, in their buildings, or they've got a, like a little car battery that powers a fan or a light. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no internet. There's no Google. Very basic. They don't even have, like many of them, when they're, when they're finding job, they might just get, like, they call it a day labourer. They get a job one day to work in a field, and that's, that's it. They might not get another day for another month. And that day's labour might get them $5.00. And they've got to somehow make, it, make ends meet with that $5. This story I'm going to tell you, um, this little guy, his name's Visit, and um, we, we got to go into their home. Now, Visit's parents, they split up soon after he was born, and they went their separate ways. Neither of them wanted to look after him. The father went off to another city to work, and the mother got married to somebody else. And Visit was left with his grandparents to look after him, to shoulder the burden. And you'll, meet, you'll see their faces in a minute. They don't look like they're really agile people, but they made the massive sacrifice of trying to raise Visit and give him some kind of life. And this is where compassion enters into the story. They were able to identify this family that was in great need through the local church and get involved to actually helping to sponsor Visit. And so his life has been dramatically changed. Um, why don't we just have a quick look at this quick video and then I'll finish off. So great, just such a story of transformation. And it's, it's only just beginning. We asked um, the grandmother, what would have become of Visit if he wasn't sponsored? And she just shook her head straight away. She said, he would just do nothing. He would, there'd be no school. He'd just roam around the village until he was old enough to start laboring, just like his grandfather. And the cycle, their same cycle of poverty would just continue. But with compassion now, everything's changed. So we said to the grandmother, so what, what do you think he'll be when he grows up? And she goes, oh, he's definitely going to work in the church. He's definitely going to be a pastor or something like that. And then we asked Visit what he wanted to be. And he said, oh, I'm going to be a policeman. And it's, uh, it's just so wonderful. For the first time, there are dreams beginning to, to build up in their hearts. So they're dreaming about the future, which they never would dream about the future before. 
So for the first time, we get to change, transform one life. It's worth it, isn't it? For one life, one life. And you just be amazed at the ripple effect that takes place because one life quickly turns into a household, which quickly turns into a community, which quickly turns into a generation. And generation after generation gets transformed by the love and the power of Jesus Christ in their lives. And we get to play a part in that. That's what I'm saying. So I really want to encourage you in that. And I'm going to invite Steve to come up right now from Compassion Australia. Why don't we put our hands together for Steve. He's wearing his traditional Karen um, outfit, which is so he loves so much. Yui got me crying in the first service, and he's got me crying again. Oh, man. I love him. I've known Yui and Christy for like, Pastor Yui and Pastor Christy for like 15, 20 years. Back then, I remember they were like worship pastors, and I heard some of Yui's originals. And I was like, this guy's a beautiful man. But when you go away with him for a week, and you get to spend like day after day just hearing his heart, it goes deeper and deeper. There's such a, uh, such a beautiful man in Christ. I love it. Today we are starting a relationship between Oasis Church and Compassion that is more powerful than any of that poverty because Jesus is more powerful than poverty. He stands in the resurrection having conquered, fully conquered poverty and now saying, let's bring some children into the resurrection power of Christ and release them from poverty and release them to everything they were made to be in Christ. It is wonderful to let you know that the churches across Coburn, Fremantle and Melville are coming together to say, let's all serve the churches over on the border of Thailand and Myanmar. Let's serve those churches so they can bring more children and families in and let's transform that region together. This is the day when the church comes into the resurrection power of Christ that has made us one. We are unstoppable for disciples of the nations. That whole go, when we go together, we're unstoppable. And that's the plan now. Let's do it together, Coburn. Let, 30 churches have already come on board across Coburn, Melbourne, Fremont. So we're going to transform that region together. The heart is, let's just raise up the next gen there. Let's, as we do that, let's come closer together. Let's raise up the next gen here. I loved how you brought the young people forward in the first service. And everyone's like laying hands on them. Oh, this church is beautiful. I love your church. I love it. In Thailand, one in 200 people are Christian. One in 200 needs the gospel. Over 400,000 are enslaved. A lot of them are women and children in the sex trade. And over 1 million refugees have come across escaping war from Myanmar to Thailand. That's the Karen tribe. They're the ones who we are serving. They're just a whole people group of refugees. So we want to go that same area. We're going to focus all the children we have with Oasis going forward. We're going to focus on that region right in the middle of that poverty. We're going to transform that region together. We're going to love these kids. This is Pichita. She's from this region. My family sponsored her. Sponsored her. When she first came to the program, family did not know Jesus. Her dad died four years ago because they couldn't afford to go to the doctor. Her mom then became a laborer, like what Yui spoke about. And then afterwards, she'd gone to the forest looking for food for her six children. When I met Pichita, she'd been in our program for three months, and she was already singing worship songs around her home. That changes a family. So my wife, she gets a letter. We're at the dinner table. We always do our letter writing. And my wife starts crying in front of my family. And she reads the letter. It says, praise God, all of Pichita's family have come to know Jesus. 
In 2016, 137,000 children in the Compassion Sponsorship Program made first-time decisions for Jesus because we only do our program through local churches. And on average, four of their family members come to Jesus. Let's connect families in this area devastated by poverty to the local churches. This is Super Kenya. My family also sponsor her. Uh, we made this Spotify list. All the pastors put a different song into the Spotify list that we could listen together. Everyone's putting these beautiful worship songs. Yui, he puts in Kanye. <laughs> and then one of the pastors is like, and Steve, your, the child you sponsor is called Super Kanye. <laughs> so Yui, he just brought his, himself to the trip. Her mom, Super Kanye's mom, she made me this shirt. It took her three days to make. She made one for my wife and my son. I love it. Super Kanye loves to dance and sing. She also loves to ask a lot of questions during Bible study. We all know someone like that. Ask a few too many questions. One's fine, two's fine, but keep going. Her older sister was sponsored. Now, with Compassion, once the children get from 12 to 20, we start doing leadership training with them, teaching them how to mentor younger kids, teach them how they can transform their area. So her older sister is in that part of the program. She's now doing studying accounting, and she's mentoring and discipling the younger kids in the Compassion program. When Super Kanye's pastor first came to the village, now it's the same village where Yui just told the story from. It's where they, they sponsored their child from. That same village... If pastor comes here, they would run any Christian out. Christians couldn't stay there. You're a Christian, we'll run you out of the village. Now this is what's happened. The pastor comes in. He shares the gospel. No one's interested. He said, when we started serving them, like serve week, when we started serving them and serving their children, they all started listening to the gospel. This is what's happened. A hundred of the 120 families in that village are now Christian. Nine of the children in the program led their own families to Jesus. This church in this area devastated by poverty with a run of Christians out. They've now launched six other churches in the same region. They've seen 600 kids sponsored. The pastor is now like the mayor of the whole region of 60,000 people. They're transforming the region. They send groups of, of the 40 kids who are now 12 to 20 age group, the sponsored kids, they sent groups of 40 of them on mission trips to this area to the north where they've just planted a church and brought another 400 compassion sponsored kids. So they're releasing the kids to transform the region. Jesus had the 12, he raised them up, he released them. What are we doing in Coburn? We're going to raise up these kids and we're going to release them over the land. We're going to transform some regions together. We're unstoppable together. Serving, it's the way to transform regions. I believe it. It's the way you transform a region. This is Rani. Uh, Yui and I spent a lot of time with Rani. She was translating for us. Her parents fled from Myanmar to Thailand when their village was burnt down by the militants. That's the story. Every kid's got a story of their parents like that. When they came into Thailand, that village was then burnt down when she was one just by natural fire. She spent the next few years in a refugee camp. They did not have citizenship. She said at one point, when her dad was drunk, he tried to kill her mum in front of her and her brother. Her mum fled, then later came back and took Rani and her brother when the dad was out working for the day. Later, her dad died in an accident, and she also almost died. She said this to us, nothing was easy for them. But Rani was sponsored at a church in our region that we're focusing on, running the compassion program. So she received health care whenever she needs it. She can go to the doctor. Nutritious food, 
education, tutoring from those in the local church, discipleship, and mentoring. She said she particularly enjoyed the kindness of the mentors teaching her, and she loved the combined youth camps. Rani told us that although so many challenges happened to her, she feels blessed because God has touched her and taught her through it all and brought her close to herself. She was covered by the local church because she was sponsored. Rani now has her Thai citizenship. She's worked for an NGO delivering medical supplies back to where the extreme poverty is in Myanmar where her family had to flee. And she has her own online business selling these shirts around the world and she employs her mum. Rani never received a letter from her sponsor, but she now does work to bring sponsors to meet face-to-face with the children they sponsor. Beautiful story. Alex John is another boy we sp- my family sponsor. He's already in that leadership part of the, of the Compassion Program. Alex John, we're so proud of him. He already is mentoring the younger kids in the Compassion Program. His dad's not a Christian, but he's already transforming his region. Poverty's been broken in his life. Now he's breaking it in the lives of the children around him. Let's transform this region. You and I had... Um, had lunch with this guy, Richmond, recently, and Richmond shared a story. He said, I would spend the whole day just running through the slum looking for food. When I was sponsored, he goes, I became a Christian at local church. He then became the pastor. He went for our leadership training. Part of our leadership training, we took him to Bible college. He realized the pastors in Uganda, they didn't know how to preach the gospel. They weren't discipled. He started a pastor's discipleship network. 6,000 pastors are in his pastor's discipleship network because a 15-year-old girl took on babysitting to sponsor him. Now he's transforming the region. We're unstoppable together. So if you want to sponsor a child, it's 11 bucks a week. It totally changes their world. And I ask you to consider sponsoring a child and not just sponsoring them. Let's spiritually adopt these children. Let's pray that God, every God's poured into us, He would pour into the, these children and into that land. And together, we can see that region transformed. The hope is, we've done a pastor's unity trip from Coburn. We'd love to do like a church unity trip where the churches can go together from Coburn. Meet the kids we're sponsoring, pray for them. Together, transform a region.